Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've got a special podcast today because we're joined by Abdul Nader, and he's talking about how the coronavirus is affecting his parents over in Egypt, and also giving us a little insight into how he's staying fit while staying at home. You're going to want to hear this. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, the TBU crew is extra excited today because we are joined by a special guest returning to the podcast for a second time. It's Abdul Nader. Billy, welcome back. We're so glad you're here and thank you so much for being with us. I mean, we really appreciate your time to do this right now. Thanks. Oh, no. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, it's my pleasure always. It's great to connect with you, man. Just us being separated and, and uh, being close to the team all year and not having it. Uh, it's, it's great to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, no, I, can't, I already know. Are, are you guys both at home right now? Yep, yeah, we're both in our, <laughs> our homes right now. Yeah, this is obviously just such an unprecedented time for everybody, not just for us in the league, but around the world. How are you doing right now? I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big homebody already. So um, I like to go outside and do things. I got, I got three dogs, so I like to get out with them. But um, other than that, man, like I'm just chilling at home watching Netflix, reading a book or, or watching a movie. So where are you right now? Are you in, in KC or back I'm in Chicago? I'm in OKC still. No, I'm in okay. OKC still. I figured it was better than going back to Chicago right now. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Probably. I'm sure also your three dogs are really enjoying how often you're around right now. Oh, my God. I love it too much. Yeah, too slow. Julie, what's your take on just, you know, everything that, that you guys are going through right now? Um, you know, the players and, and coaches and staff, work, you know, everybody's kind of in the same position as everybody else of, of not knowing. But um, I guess how are you dealing with that and, and what's been your approach to all this? Um, you know, it's kind of – it's definitely tough, you know. It's, it's, it's something that we've all never been through before, I think. Um, it's something that – we all have to go through together, which I think is kind of a good thing. It kind of, like, unites us a little bit. something that, like, gives everybody common ground and stuff like that. But um, at the same time, it's just kind of it's, it's just kind of tough, too, especially when, like, like you guys know, like, you, can, you can't go into the office. You guys can't come in and interview us every day, you know. Like, we can't, we can't go in and play every day, you know. So, I mean – I know people are probably doing the best they can, but not everybody has a court inside their house. Not everybody has, like, the, you know. So uh, there's a lot of things from, like, being able to work out to just having plain sanity and being able to get outside your house. So, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm handling pretty well, though, and uh, hopefully you know, things will get back to normal sooner than later. Yeah, it really makes you appreciate the time that you do get to spend, you know, like we're, we really appreciate you jumping on with us and I'm sure uh, you being able to communicate with your teammates whenever you can. How are you guys staying connected? We actually have Zoom meetings once a week. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's been nice being able to talk to those guys. And I remember just talking to hearing CP talk like he was, he probably said best. It's just a weird time for everybody. Like across the globe, um, nobody's. I don't think nobody that's alive right now has lived through something like this before. So it's it's definitely new, and there's going to be some adjustments that we need to make. 
Julie, before we started recording, I was just uh, mentioning, you know, before the jazz game, you know, interviewing you from, from six feet away. And I think we all knew that the situation was, was serious, but nowhere close to what it's turned out to be. Can you just maybe put in perspective, like, you know, what, what that was like heading up to the jazz game. And then, you know, from a mental standpoint compared to now that we know so much more about the coronavirus. I remember, I remember that day, the, the, the jazz game before you interviewed me, I'm just looking at the whole setup and I think I cracked a joke about it. I was like, what is going on? Like, do I smell that bad or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so no, I definitely like, I think you're right. I think we all thought it was something serious, but, um, nobody could, I don't think nobody comprehended at least in the, in our program or in our organization that it was going to become that serious that fast, you know, like literally a couple hours later. You talked a little bit about, you know, being able to stay connected with your team and just how much has changed from that March 11th to now. What are some of the things that you have found have helped you through this? I think, like you said, just being able to stay connected with those guys, at least, even if it's only once a week. Um, staying connected with family. I got my mom. She, my mom and dad are actually stuck in Egypt right now because their whole country's on lockdown. There's no flights coming in and out. Uh, just being able to talk to them every day and uh, sister staying with me with my brother too. So just having my brother and my, basically just having family around, being able to talk to friends, things like that. Stay, stay open with everybody and don't try like isolate yourself and such a stuff completely off and then hopefully you won't go crazy. Duly, just, you know, while you mentioned Egypt, uh, I, I, I can't believe you're, you're separated from your parents like this, you know, by such a, a long distance. Are they back in Alexandria where you grew up? Or, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what are they doing? Over, were they visiting family or what were they up to over there? So I, well, they were visiting family for the time being and just doing some, some stuff that they like to do over there. Uh, they're always back and forth from there, Chicago and Oklahoma City. Um, but uh, so the way it's working over there, nobody could be in the streets um, earlier than 7 a.m. and past 7 p.m. Wow. Yeah. And it's not even as bad as it is here. So I don't know if they're doing it like as a complete prevention thing or, but yeah, it's tough. It, it does make you think about like the things that you're actually fortunate for. I used to be such a picky eater, but right now I'm just like eating. Cause I'm like, I'm just grateful to have food. You know? Have you been able to cook at all or having to get creative in the kitchen? A little bit, a little bit. And people always tell me, like, are you a good cook? I was like, I like my cooking. <laughs> I don't <even> you well. <laughs> you know, Mother's Day is coming up. I'm, I'm assuming you were maybe hoping to have a, a different opportunity to be able to, you know, celebrate your mom. Um, just in, in thinking about that, what, what maybe stands out to you about what, <coughs> what you cherish about your mom, um, especially, you know, being apart from her right now? You know, um, one thing I did take from my mom growing up was she was like the hardest worker I've ever met. <laughs> so that's definitely something that I like learned from her. And, and she had like such a toughness about her coming to a new country, not knowing anybody, not doing anything, just like taking care of me and my sister. So 
um, like things that I would cherish from her that she's taught me would, would be definitely the hard work and just that toughness, that, that mental toughness that she had. And um, I mean, just everything. She's a very loving woman. You know, she, she took one of my best friends in when I was a kid, raised him, raised him as her own. And like, there's just so many things that I'm so grateful for my mom for that. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be here without her. Billy, last time you were with us on the pod, you told us about how when you came over from Egypt for the first time and had to go to school in Chicago yeah. and dressed you and, you know, like you were going to school back in, in Egypt. And I'm just curious if there were any more memories that you had of her that just kind of showcase that, that work ethic that you're talking about that you want to carry for, that you're carrying for. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that she worked, like, three shifts, six days a week, it was just, like, um, like anything I could be doing, whether it was me doing my homework, whether it was me playing basketball, doing what, anything, she was, like, super competitive about all of it. She was like, you need to be the best in this, you need to be the best in this. And, like, if it was, like, a spelling bee and I was, like, a kid studying for a spelling bee, my mom was like, She'd like be pissed if I didn't come home with the first place calling me. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, those. I mean, I I I enjoyed it because she pushed me. You know, maybe not every kid would like something like that, but um, it definitely made me into the person I am. Julie, I think when you know when some Americans think about Egypt, they might have this vision of like. Cairo or the pyramid or whatever, you know, but will you, you know, if you, if you have distinct memories, uh, you know, Alexandria, I think is, is kind of right on the Mediterranean. Will you maybe describe what, yeah, will you describe what that, what that city's like and, you know, what, what some memories you have from that town? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Alexandria is like, I don't want to say it's not correct. I know it's one of the oldest cities, um, you see, like, all the architecture that was built. It's, like, that pyramid, like, pharaohist style kind of deals. And those are, like, the things that really stick out to me. And then you got the one thing that I used to love when I was a kid. I used to go to the Alexandria Library all the time. I'm telling you, like, you could sit there and read for days. <laughs> it's it's such a beautiful place. It's, it's really hot, which I like. <laughs> uh, you know... I came over at such a young age. Sometimes it's 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 hard to get again dig down those memories. But I remember like it's it's nice out like the community feeling you get there and stuff like that. Like for I think there's a couple million people that live there, but every Friday at like seven o'clock, whether you're Muslim, Christian or whatever, everybody like stops what they're doing, closes their businesses to do like an Islamic play, prayer. Like, the whole city, you know what I'm saying? Which is, like, I think that's, like, really cool to say whether, no matter what belief you are, this is, like, the main belief in the country, and people, everybody's, like, okay with it, and everybody, like, sets it down. There's, like, this big camaraderie around it. And um, it, it gives you that real sense of community, which is something that I definitely miss. Yeah, Dooley, you were talking about that library, the largest library in the world, and we see you oftentimes with a book, you know, pregame. Is that where you started your, you know, your passion for reading? Is that where that all began? 
<laughs> I wouldn't call it passion back then. Now it's more of a passion. Uh, back then it was more my mom used to just make me go do it. But now I actually have like, um, I'm actually like happy that she made me do it now. Looking back. Back then it was more almost like a chore though. <laughs> hey Julie, did you have a favorite book as a kid? As a kid? Yeah. Maybe maybe one of those, you know, uh, thousand-year-old books at the Alexandria Library. I'm trying to think. Oh, man. I haven't thought about the books I read when I was a kid in so long. Thank you. Let me think. Uh, so the things I used to read when I was a kid, especially when I was in Egypt, they weren't um, – they weren't like American stories and stuff, you know? So it's like hard for me to, yeah. I still have like a box full of them in my garage. <laughs> I bet Steven would like those. I don't think he's a big Dragon Ball fan. Oh, he isn't? I know he's into no, all sorts of other, like, Yeah, anime. he likes like the other animes, and he doesn't like Dragon Ball. I talked to him about it. I thought he was crazy, because I'm a big time Dragon Ball fan to this day. Maybe it's like not a deep enough cut for him. You know, yeah, I don't think so. He he really needs the like obscure stuff. <laughs> Julie, so you know, so after you guys came over from uh, from Egypt, you're in Chicago, and and I I'm guessing it was like late '90s when you got here. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious have you been have you been watching the the Last Dance, the first two episodes of the Bulls documentary, and I have I'm waiting for them to pile up, man, because I'm a big binger. So, like, those two episodes will be gone so quick. So I'm just like, all right, let me just let those pile up, and then I'm going to watch it all the way through. So, yeah. Have you watched it? Is it good? It's good, man. It's good. Dr. Like, Pierce, I heard it's great. They got some. They got some inside access, but, you know, just the way that they were able to weave in all the other stuff, just, you know, the history of Jordan and the league and, you know, some of the things surrounding it, the interviews they got, uh, they did a, a masterful job of kind of piecing all everything together and using the access that they did get uh, to really uh, enhance the whole thing. So I've heard that the next episodes are even better. So yeah, maybe, maybe you should just uh, hang tight and wait till all 10 are out. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. If I get bored enough, I might turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> the anticipation is getting to a lot of people right now. But growing up in Chicago, I have to imagine the Bulls were a big, you know, part oh, of Oh, yeah, they're huge. What was some of your memories growing up as a Chicago Bulls fan? Oh, they were so hot, you know, because um, as Nick said, I came, I think, 2001. So, I mean, the Bulls era was still, like, really um, – like, it was still fresh in everybody's heads, and everybody wanted the Bulls to be really good like that. But they weren't very good like that at the time. Uh, I, I think that was, like, the Kirk Heinrich, Luol Dang teams during that era. Yeah. And not, not, not that they were bad teams. They just didn't live up to the hype, you know? It's like the, like the Jordan-era teams. That... They had so I was definitely a little bit more of, like, a Lakers <laughs> <laughs> The the Bulls had some rough luck there for a few years, like right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, you know Eddie Curry uh, didn't kind of pan out the way that they were hoping to. Jason Williams got into the the motorcycle accident, and 
you know, you've got two top five picks that, that uh, don't turn out the way you want. And it, that definitely changed what was supposed to be the next, you know, elite era for the Bulls for sure. Yeah. This is tough. You stay up for the whole NBA now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Players leave, man. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for everybody around the world right now is just how crazy of a time it is, just not even just for the league, as we mentioned, but for everybody around the globe. And Abdul, we heard on our last podcast when you talked with us, you were reading a book called The Way of Baseball. And you talk about how you're reading a book now. And we're curious if there's anything that you've learned from these books that you have been able to apply to kind of find stillness in the midst of what's going on, all the craziness going on right now. That's a really good question. Like, really good. Um, I like I like that question, guys. Um, from all from the readings I do, and like, um, do a lot of knowledgeable readings. I do a lot. Of, um, you guys know, like, the way of baseball. Stillness is the key. Books like Buddha walks into the bar. So, like, when, you, when like what I would say, I would get from all these that could relate. To the situation we're in now is just like the same thing I would relay it to daily life, where it's just like when we don't control the coronavirus at all, we don't control like our bosses, we don't control. That's that's how I look at it. So, um, don't control it. Don't try to control it because you can't. So, just do what you can in the time being to make yourself the better, the best human you can do. And I think that's that's really that's really all that we could do. Um, I mean, everybody's situation is a little bit different. You know, some people might be able to do more than others right now. Some people might not be barely, barely doing anything at all, but I, I do believe there's always something you could do to better yourself. Um, whether it's mind, body, or soul. So, uh, it's, it's really on the person. Kind of reminds me, Julie, of what Chris Paul was saying to us yesterday, just about how you guys on the, on the zoom calls and everything are just, it, it, it reminded me so much of the way that you all talk during the regular season too. You're trying to avoid slippage. You're trying to, you know, find ways to continue to get better and stay sharp mm-hmm. with every part of your life. Um, and, and so I, I love that perspective that you're putting forth that you're, you're not acting differently than you would be under normal circumstances. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, I, th- I think, I think that's huge, you know, um, it, 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 first of all, it helps you stay calm and not freak out about the situation. I have an anxiety attack. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it just helps you look at it from a different angle, a better perspective, and gives you a different kind of clarity. Definitely. I think it's also interesting that, you know, you can use what you – this team is no stranger to adversity or you yeah. know, a resilience muscle every now and then. So you've had a lot of practice with – know making the most of what you had and controlling what you can control i think that's so cool no definitely so for made you look we know may the 4th is coming up and last time we had you on the podcast you learned you're a huge star wars fan so we wanted to know what jedi powers a few of your teammates have on the last pod you said force jumping was a great one 
So what would somebody like Chris Paul, what would his be? He'd be like, <clears throat> he's like the little Yoda, you know, the guy that has no swordsman skills. I mean, he just like drops the cane and starts doing backflips and whooping people's ass. Great pass I will make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what about Dennis? Oh, Dennis. Dennis would definitely have the force, force choke. You know? He's going to have that Darth Vader choke for sure. He's so intense. Yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know when he's joking or not. <laughs> okay, Steven. Steven. Steven get, gets the... Um, uh, what's that? What's what's that? What's that gun called? Uh, oh, the the blaster. Yeah, he gets the Chewbacca blaster. <laughs> I <laughs> love crossbow. With these answers, this is very impressive. <laughs> this is definitely not the first time you've thought about this. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, what about what about Gallo? Gallo. Oh, that's a tough one. I think Gal. I think Gallo gets a lightsaber. Classic. Yeah, Gal. Yeah, I was probably nice with the lightsaber. Are you gonna do anything to celebrate on May the fourth? You know, fire up uh, some of the originals. Yeah, I might. I might just binge watch them. One, uh, one through six. But that might take all day, so that might not be a good idea. <laughs> what better way to celebrate, though? I mean. <laughs> It is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. And Abdul, it blessed all of our timelines to see that you were still getting after it and working hard, even though you can't go to the gym and you have to stay at home. We saw a couple of posts where you're you know, dripping sweat and dribbling the basketball with gloves on. That was phenomenal. Tell us about what you're able to do to stay in shape. I try a bunch of different things, whether it's just going for a run with my dogs or um, I lift every day, Oklahoma City. They hooked me up with some weights and some gear that I could use here at home, which is amazing. Shout out to them. And, um, yeah, and then I got basketball and I got my power hands gloves that uh, I use for my ball handling probably about, like, 20, 30 minutes a day. And that pretty – Pretty much builds up a pretty good sweat and and opens up the lungs a little bit. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I can really do, you know. And um, the other day, I actually went secret between us guys. I actually went to a playground. Oh, <laughs> you bring the dog? Yeah, I, I took my dog. There's like this playground out here. It's like this huge field, and then there's like a playground with a basketball hoop. And it's like I, I keep and it's like right by my house. So I like drive next to every day. Nobody's ever there. So I'm like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Two nights ago at midnight, I just went outside and started getting some shots up. Hey, you mentioned those gloves. Uh, what do they do? How do they help you? So they have uh, – so they're weighted gloves with, like, a sleek um, texture on where the palm and the, the inside of the fingers would be. So it makes it, like – and then you put, like, a sleeve over the basketball. It makes it, like, super hard to dribble the basketball. Like, even just in place, like, you're just, like, good chance to just, like, lose it. And um, you, you you do that. I don't know. I, I found great benefit with it personally. I do that for, like, 
Have you ever seen Chris Ball use the heavy ball? Chris yeah. Ball used the, it's kind of similar to that, except it's, it's messing up, like, the heavy ball doesn't really mess up with, like, the sleekness. So, like, really, once you take the gloves off, it feels like you're Chris Ball with the, with the ball in your hands because like, it feels so good afterwards. But, I feel like um, you got sticky hands. The ball's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. No, I get that. When I was growing up playing basketball, we used to just have to tie a, a grocery bag around. Yeah, ball. yeah, I remember. I remember doing stuff like that too. <laughs> yeah. Glad to see that you're still staying in shape and staying on top of it, and good to see that work ethic. It hasn't gone anywhere in the midst of all of this. Try, try. Well, Bill, we want to thank you so much again for spending your time with us. We know that this is a crazy time, but we really appreciate this. This has been awesome. No, thanks for having me again, guys, anytime. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate you. Yep. Take it easy, guys. And we want to thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.